Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for yet another discussion of this here Star Trek prodigy thingamajig. My guys, my friends, you know them. The, they're, not, they're not myths. They are very real. They are legends. Good old Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. Welcome back, gents. I mean, I'm only a legend in your eyes. Right? And, you know, I know the phrase, the saying is, a legend in his own eyes, right? But no way am I a legend in my own eyes. Yet. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've got enough ego. I'm definitely legendary somewhere. <laughs> yeah, legend, wait for it. Dairy. Legendary. All right. That, that would be like a great marketing thing, by the way, for like the next like milk company. Just call it like legend dairy. Like have like you know like Babe Ruth and like Hercules like have like assorted like legends on like the 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 artwork for the packaging for whatever they're selling. Chase, have you seen that um, that uh, Shark Tank meme where somebody has some crazy idea and it, the guy hits the invest button? No, <laughs> no, you haven't seen that. No, I haven't it's, seen that. It's, it's Robert Hershevik, right? The guy who always sits at the far. I don't know if how much yeah. Shark Tank you watch. Yeah, I know. I, I, I like right? him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he looks, he looks like he's like stoned or out of it. And he like, somebody comes with a crazy idea, and he hits like the invest button. <laughs> That's all that came to mind was you were talking about that. Yes, good idea. Let's do it. That's a great idea. I love it. It's fantastic. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is this is great. This is great. Yeah. So yeah, Hercules, Babe Ruth. Um, uh, Chuck Yeager, right? Yeah. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Michael Burnham. Let, let's do it. <laughs> Wait, wrong show. Wrong Eric, show. This is the wrong show. Wrong Come show. on. I'm here for the wrong thing. I get confused. Good grief, Eric. Come on now. Catherine <sighs> Janeway. There we go. There we go. There we go. Captain Jonathan Archer in the house. Someone. Or Admiral, depending on what your flavor of the week is, I suppose. Come on now. That's the wrong show, and we'll get to that. Okay. Well, anyway. So how, how have you been? David, how's your week been going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Um, as I said before, we started recording, accepted a new job this week, which was uh, extremely welcome. I actually had three separate job offers <clears throat> all at the same time. And, uh, you know, people uh, trying to get a hold of me and the communicator and, like, I had to turn stuff down. And I'm sorry. I am going to go for the job that gives me more money because money is far more important. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, so that was good. Um, and then I wasted a bunch of time today before... Uh, you know, finally sitting down and watching Prodigy and then even coming on to record here, attempting to uh, play the auto mechanic. You know, I wanted to feel like a bit of a man and do my own car repairs. But, now I, you know, I, I bought a little commute car, cheap commute car, and, um, you know, it had a little tiny pinhole coolant leak in one of the hoses. So I was like, I'll do it. It's fine. I've done it before. <laughs> And then I couldn't get to one of the hose clamps and all that stuff. Tore a whole bunch of crap apart. It's still not done. I had to roll it back into my garage, you know, in neutral. You can't start it. 
So if I can't do it tomorrow, I'm just going to take it to my shop, you know, tow it, have it towed to my uh, shop so I can put on two rubber hoses. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, not too bad. Um, you know, pretty much standard week, just sort of been wrapping up a lot of affairs in my current uh, job and uh, trying to get a couple of people uh, that were under me sort of elevated, hopefully. So that'll make it a fait accompli. But we will have to see how that works out. But yeah, that's pretty much been the week. Nice. No, not to get like too in the weeds, like with details and stuff, because we don't need creepers coming to your neck of the woods or anything. But um, are you going to be staying in the same like office building or are you going somewhere else with this new position? No, same company, uh, different building that's like, I don't know, maybe five miles from where my current office is. So okay, a little, little bit bigger. This one actually has a cafeteria, which Let's, is kind of nice. Yeah. 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 You get like a little like corner office with a window or anything. Yeah, we'll see. I have to with a sitting I area. Actually, yeah. I have to actually get it. That that'd be that'd be pretty fantastic. I mean, I, I am a division leader uh, with a vice president title it's like i was joking with my brother my title keeps getting bigger like the mother of dragons you know i am the unburnt uh the the, the father of dragons the vp uh you know and then i it, i'll just keep i'll just continue to trail the train you all will bow before me uh so, so yeah that that was fun How do you follow that? I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, go give it give it a go, Eric. How's your, how's your week been? I mean, I, no, I mean, I, I no, like I nothing's going on in my neck of the woods, you know. <laughs> same old, same old. Right? Man. No, no, no. Here's something that that odd story I will tell. Um, and you might laugh, but I didn't laugh at it. Um, oh, here we go. Challenge accepted. So, so the other day, the other day, um, my, my, Mr. Nagley, the fellow math teacher, um, you know, we both teach seventh and eighth grade. We split it. Um, he came up to me at the end of the day and he handed me a picture and he said, here you go. Take a look at this. And it was, it was my face, my headshot from my ID picture right at work, right? That's up on the website and it's on my ID badge. And it was put on, uh, and it had like a big beard, like had, uh, not a beard, but a big flowing lock of hair. There we go. And I was in uh, Jedi robes and I had Ooh. a lightsaber. <laughs> and apparently a student had taken the picture off the website and turned me into a Jedi. <laughs> Which you might laugh at, but I was not laughing in the moment because our school has a policy of no pop culture at all. That's right. Right? Oh, yeah. Students are not right, allowed man. to talk pop culture at all, so that violates the rules. But it was also disrespectful because yeah. it's it's making fun of mocking a teacher and an authority figure. Yeah. So I had to have a stern talking to said student. But not before I had to have a discussion with Mr. Nagley, the other math teacher, about why he thought it was okay and I didn't. And we had a discussion. But, yeah. And then several other students were coming up to me and asking, can I see the picture of you as a Jedi? 
at which point I had to yell at the students for how telling them how inappropriate it was. There, Eric, there are so many missed opportunities in this conversation that you're describing right now. Like, please tell me. Like, I, I'm really hoping that with this conversation that you had to have with either the student or your colleague, that the conversation started by you approaching them saying, hello there. No, no, I looked like, I, they, he had me looking like Ewan McGregor in uh, Attack of the Clones, right? With the oh, beard. Oh, with like the, the rat the tail mullet the thing? Ha- no, with the beard and the long hair in Attack of the Clones, right? Uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, yeah. right? Well, he, okay, so, so whenever I think of Obi-Wan, like the first part of um, Attack of the Clones, like he's I just think of like the full, like, the full, he's a, the full he's like long a mullet. hair and the beard. He's got a mullet-looking thing. I mean, that's like yeah, he does. so, <laughs> like, like the light, like the way that like, okay, so some of the younger people that might listen won't understand this reference, but whenever they land on Coruscant, or you know they're they're doing the chase, and they actually go down to like the streets of Coruscant, like they're chasing um, the shapeshifter changeling thing. Like, the way the lighting hits him makes me, like, imagine and think of Splinter from the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, he just looked like a rat, like a rat face to me for some reason. But, like, later later on in the movie... (laughs) I've never connected Splinter from the 1990 classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with... You and McGregor will yeah. be Kenobi in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> never would have never. Well, now you have. <sighs> wow. Oh, lordy. And and then, like, later on, whenever we have, like, the Star-Crossed Lovers, you know, thing, and we get to, like, the arena and everything, then I think of, like, Jesus. Like, we see, like grandparents like taking Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and putting him on the mantle like it's Jesus Christ or something um, yeah, I've, so like I've he's either Splinter reference. from Ninja Turtles or he's Jesus in that movie has this gone sacrilegious yet alright oh yeah probably very much so fantastic okay not the intention guys yeah so that was that was the highlight or low light whatever you want to call it of my week so the other so the other missed opportunity in this conversation, Eric, okay, this is a master class in missed opportunities right now. Like the the kid asked for like, can I see the 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 picture? This is not the picture you're looking for. I mean, come on now. Come on, Eric. No, no, no. That that <laughs> saying that never crossed my mind. I know. I know. It's I know. I know. Oh man. Well, my week has been great um, <laughs> since we since we last recorded. Um, I was like coming down with like some like seasonal allergy stuff, um, and most of the weekend, like well, going into like yeah, going into the weekend, we we went to the zoo as a family after my kiddos got their immunizations, and I kind of like I made it through without too many issues. Um, and then, like, Saturday it got worse. Sunday I was feeling a lot better. Um, and then Monday it just, like, hit me like a ton of feathers, man. And I had to finally get something that I'm so very glad that modern medicine has invented. This wonderful thing called prednisone. Prednisone is great for getting rid of, like, the nasal sinus crud. I feel like a baz- bazillion bucks. 
except for the fact that when you take a steroid that's meant to clear that up, it just makes you sweat. Like, I don't know if y'all, y'all feel that way when you take a steroid, like prescription steroid, like, man, like I just like sweat like crazy. And then it like gives me this like energy at nighttime when I don't want it. So then I have to like kind of even it out with like some Benadryl. Yeah. You shouldn't mix medications. Well, it's not probably really mixed. Well, okay. it's so for the, for, for the record, for the record, my doctor said you need to take um, an antihistamine at nighttime, and he actually said take Benadryl at nighttime. So I'm good. Okay. And by the way, I'm not getting any royalties for mentioning Benadryl. <laughs> this is not sponsored by Benadryl. Very little medication or caffeine or whatever <clears throat> has ever worked on me. However, Benadryl will knock me out. Amen. Let's go. That's, there we go. Chase, did I ever tell you the story about um, what happened on our on our camping trip down to, to Kentucky um, in 2005? Was that Royce Manchester? <clears throat> no, we, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We went to I didn't go. I didn't, between I the lakes. You didn't go. I didn't but, go, no. But I was having really bad grass and pollen allergies at the time. Okay. So I got some Benadryl, and they were like the little ones, right? Yeah, the little tiny the pink little pills, right? The little tiny ones, right? And because they were little, you know, oh, I thought that you had oh, to take God. a lot of them, right? Because oh, no. they were little. Oh, and so, no. and, you know, the 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 the, can, the bottle or whatever read, take one to two every four to six hours. For some reason, I read that as take four to six every four to six hours, not four to six every one to two hours oh no but i read it as take four to six every four to six hours so i was taking like five of them at a time and i was like and i was just like all day long i was just super tired like super and i was like i'd wake up and we'd go to breakfast and we'd come back to the campsite and i would just like sit down in a chair on the campfire and just conked out and then in the afternoon we'd eat lunch and i was just and was like, what is going on? Why am I so tired? And then um, Frank Cowan comes up to me. He's there. And he asks, because Stephen, Stephen was there. And Stephen was having some allergies. And, and they knew I was taking some Benadryl. And so Frank Cowan, who, you know, is a physician's assistant, right? Right. You know, he comes up and says, can I have, like, some Benadryl? I was like, what do you need, like, four or five of them? He's like, no, I need, like, one or two. It's like, why would you take four or five of them? Well, that's what the bottle says. He's like, no, that's not what the bottle says. <laughs> and so we got it out, and then it's like, yeah, it says take four, one to two every four to... He's like, oh, well, I was reading that wrong. And he's like, well, it's not that big of a deal. It won't do much. It'll just, you know, make you tired all the time. And it was like light bulb moment at the same time of both of our heads. <laughs> like... It's yeah, it won't. It's not that harmful, dude. It just make you really sleepy. Oh, <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> wow, wow. Oh man, that's 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 hilariously awful, and I love it. I, I love. Mean, I'm, was, I'm here for every second of that it. That was 16 and a half years ago. I never told you that story. No, I don't remember that, man. <laughs> No, I don't. I I don't remember hearing that story at all. I, 
I still remember it vividly, even though it was so long ago. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, that's my fun ben- times. That's my Benadryl story. <laughs> David, do you got a Benadryl story you want to share? Come on now. I do not have a Benadryl story. <laughs> <laughs> man, we were full of like so many laughs tonight. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, let's. <laughs> I guess. Um, Let's get let's get um, into the show and, and start talking about. It. So, red alert! We're about to go into spoiler territory for um, Star Trek: Prodigy season one, episode five, Terror Firma, which is kind of weird to say, by the way, Terror Firma. Um, so, if you haven't seen the episode, go watch it. Um, hit the pause button right now. Come back. It only take you like twenty minutes to watch the show for crying out loud. And uh, there you go. Um, otherwise, if you don't care, keep on listening. That's fine too. So. Um, guys, last time that we, we were talking about this, um, I remember towards the end when we were giving it like kind of a rating, we were all kind of apprehensive. Um, all of us or maybe, yeah, yeah. Most of us were kind of like, like pretty positive about like the, the first part, but there was like some, some hesitance to like give like certain ratings just because this is a two parter and not knowing how the full story is going to play out. And we did a little bit of theory crafting for the most part and um, here we are we get to see it kind of play out and this story this the second part with terra firma uh, picks up right where we were we were left off uh, with the runaway that was crashed um, on this planet eating planet thing uh, this herogen system and um, we find out um, right in the beginning that um, good old Gwen has broken her leg. She's real hurt. And um, she uses her, her Jedi mind powers to get her golden something or another to fix her leg, despite Rock Talk saying, hey, I'll carry you, basically, because we got to go. We got to go to the ship. And, um, you know, I was really proud of myself for this. I'm not, I mean, it's not like it's that groundbreaking of knowledge. But, you know, I've been running lately. I know what I know what ten kilometers is. That's six point two miles that these folks have to now walk, like that they now have to travel from where they are to get to the protostar. So, yeah, um, I, I, I mean, was pretty. It's, pr- like a, it's like an hour and a half over like even terrain. I can't imagine right. how long it would take over rough terrain. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the hills and depending on the elevation. I mean, then there was like a ton of like foliage too that they had to to uh, get through also. Um, I don't know. Like we, I, I just, I just thought it was like kind of peculiar that um, rock talk was like, well, at least Murph's okay. It's a blob of jello. Of course he's going to be okay. Come on now. Well, listen, rock talk loves cute little cuddly things. As we learned last week. Yes. When she was gleefully playing with all the porgs. <laughs> or just anything like little. Basically. I mean, as long as it's little, then it's on a radar. Basically. Um, th- this is okay. This is like just a little nitpick. Um, in, in, in the two times that I, I was watching this, it just hung me up. Um, both times 
and that was when Rock Talk said um, 10 kilometers just became a whole lot further. And that just drove me nuts. Metaphorically speaking, right? Yeah. And see that, okay, so that's where I was, uh, uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Right, I mean, it what? did become a lot, it did become a lot longer, right? It did, okay, so this is why, Dave, I think Dave wanted to say something. <laughs> no, I was just going to say the whole, <clears throat> uh, what was the line, like, hey, you said 10 kilometers, 10 kilometers ago. I mean, the whole thing is, is that the, the planet's still trying to trick them, right? So, I, I mean, that kind of makes sense, I, I guess, in a, in a way. Yeah, I get, okay, so here's the thing. Um, it just stands, like, the movie Finding Forrester that came out whenever that was, like, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, um, there was, like, a Sean whole scene. Connery mentoring a troubled teen. Yes. Yes. And that whole, like, there was a, an entire scene that, like, has been seared into my mind about farther and further and how he, and how the kid gets freaking in trouble for, you know, correcting his, his instructor about that. So this is how I remember the difference between farther and further. Farther is a, is the term that's used to actually measure actual distance. Further is metaphorical distance. In other words, a real measurement, farther, AR, unreal measurement, UR, further. So they actually have to go 10 kilometers. So it in my mind it should be farther, not further. So like that's just like the grammar patriot in me that's coming out. I'm just saying. Yes, it sounds like you're really nitpicking this, Chase. I am. For once, I'm nitpicking prodigy, guys. Hey, listen. Come on, are you proud of me yet? I put yourself in teenage teenage Yeah, they don't care about grammar. lived in a prison right? planet, prison all her life, <laughs> right? She didn't go to school. <laughs> You're right. That's, I actually that's have me a nitpick. I actually have a nitpick later on that uh, that involves like the age of these characters. That's just me and my dang education, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for using my smarticles talking tonight. All right. Well, so we have to we have to start we have to start getting after it then. Um, so we we start moseying and moseying and moseying um, after finding out that the runaway has been eaten by psychedelic weeds by the way. And yeah, Gwen is still being hard-headed and everything along the way. And the planet is trying to, it's not a planet. It's a living organism. It's a sentient being. Right. As, as we find us. out. Yes. And um, we had that discussion last week. What did we think? Right. Um, so it's answered for us, but it's essentially trying to kill them. And they say, Hey, since we discovered this planet, do we get to name it? <laughs> I want to call it Larry. I think we should call it Murder Planet. <laughs> does that does that work for you, Eric? <laughs> Murder Planet. Yeah, that's the I next mean, poll, by the way. That's what I should do. Pretty on the nose, isn't it? Murder Planet. What would you name the Herogen system in Star Trek Prodigy? Larry or Murder Planet? Go. <laughs> Go. Hey, do they do they still let you buy like stars or anything like that? You yeah, know, a racket. Do y'all want to do you, that? Could you call one murder star? Murder star. 
What would you like your star to be named? Well, I was between Larry or just murder. (laughs) You know what I should do? I should do that. Like, on behalf of all of you guys and all the listeners out there, I should just adopt a star and we'll call it murder. That's like... That's like the whole the whole racket where you buy like a square foot of land in Scotland so you can become a lard. It's not even yeah. a lord, it's a you're you're a lard. Oh, okay. That sounds fantastic. Can I go stand on my square foot? Well, I was going to think that's like the racket where you can buy you can buy stock or in the Green Bay Packers because they're technically a oh, public man. company, right? You don't I get almost to did do, that. You don't get to do anything, but you can like, uh, oh, I can become an owner of the Green Bay Packers. I, I almost That's did that because they, they had they had like well they had like stock and it, this was like maybe like two thousand eight or nine or something like that. It was like four hundred bucks or whatever at the time. It was like, yeah, I want to be an owner of the Green Bay Packers and get a little certificate. And I didn't do it, but you know, it would have been kind of cool. <laughs> oh lordy. So, all right. So, what, what's what's happening next, guys? Let's 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 go there. Uh, like, like a it, he doll says something to the effect of, if this planet can can know our dreams and make our dreams come true, can it? Why can't it make our nightmares come true? And that's kind of <laughs> like what happens on the first part of their journey, is right. like the whole bunch of things are trying to kill them. There's a giant. I guess prison guard robot thing. Is it called a watcher? Is that what it was? Uh-huh, I forget what it was called. That sounds right. And then, like, they're shooting it with phasers, and phasers aren't working, and then Gwyn, like, creates fire somehow and, like, burns it away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how fire would affect a robot, but I guess it wasn't really a robot. It was just the planet. Maybe it's afraid of fire. Maybe the robot's afraid of fire. I don't know. Or is or is the psychedelic weed, you know, impersonating the the watcher robot, the thing that's actually afraid of fire? I think that's that's what it was. Yeah. All right. So they they battle this thing, and if I'm if I'm remembering this right. They, bat- they, they they run away, they do the thing, and then they find some sort of, like, vessel crash, covered. Crash ship, yeah. Yeah, and it and apparently it's got Klingon rations in it. Which, like, yeah, like, I, 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 this, this needs to be explained to us. Where does this take place? We have asked this question <laughs> on more than one yeah. episode. Like, where does this take place? Like, we're in the Herogen system, which... That's probably really far away from the Alpha and and Beta Quadrants, right? And now right. here we've got, you know, this ship. This only takes place four years after Voyager ended. So how did the Protostar get to wherever it was in such a short time? And why is there a Klingon ship in the, the Delta Quadrant, right? I, right. I need to know... The answer to this question where in the Star Trek galaxy does this take place right you think where, that's actually wh- something that would be answered though no I don't I mean, think we're going it, to but I want an answer yeah 
Well, I mean, I would too, but it, again, you kind of boil that kid show down and just getting Star Wars and or Star Trek and Star Trek, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I still want it answered. Yeah, so same. So I've been I've been um kind of paying attention to like some of the species that are kind of popping up um so far um like cations for example like we had the cation in the first episode cations are native to the beta quadrant um chronos klingon homeworld right it's near the beta quadrant no it's not uh, so looking at i mean i'm looking at memory alpha right now and Kronos is actually, it says it's, sta- it's based in, it's located in the Beta Quadrant. So. It's from, from the Star Trek map that I'm familiar with. Like, like, Cardassia and Bajor and, and the, all of that, that's in the, the Beta Quadrant. But like, the Klingon Empire and the Romulan Star Empire are in the Alpha Quadrant. Okay, then we and might have some Earth issues. Is, but Earth is right on like the border. So let's let's just go with this for a second, okay? So they're I think they're sprinkling in these hints as to why we're seeing um essentially Federation members showing up in, in the Delta Quadrant, right? Um like we like Cations we know like from Dr. Tana in in um, Lower Decks, for example, even the Tellarites who are founding members of the Federation um, now showing up here in the Delta Quadrant. So I think there's this connection, you know, kind of going back to that Kazon that we saw in the first one who brought a Cation to this penal colony, this penal asteroid. So I think that we're there, there's there's meant to be some kind of um, hints that there's like some kind of exchange or some kind of network. There's something that's perhaps taking place between the beta and delta quadrant sides of this of this um, Star Trek, you know, future that we're talking about right now. So I don't know. That that's that, that's that's my thoughts. That's what I'm thinking at this point um, in terms okay. of why why there's Klingon type stuff. Um, showing up here on, on this random ship on this random planet in this episode, this two-part episode. Okay, so I have it backwards according to the map. Okay. Right? So the Romulan Star Empire and the Klingon Empire are in the Beta Quadrant, but Card- okay. Cardassia and Bajor are in the Alpha Quadrant. Okay. Okay, so I had it backwards. And I think... Um, mea culpa. There we go. <laughs> I think... Um, isn't Vulcan um, on the edge of the Alpha and Beta Quadrants? Yeah, Vulcan is technically in the uh, Beta Quadrant, but it's very close to the line. And, like, okay. Earth is, like, directly on the line. Okay. So, so here's what, what I'm like, what I'm thinking, um, or what I was thinking watching this. So, we saw good old Jenkin Pog in his speaking in third person, um, eating a pot of stew at some stranger's psychedelic 
inspired home in the last episode. How did we know that what they were eating was not more psychedelic weeds instead of like MREs like David would probably enjoy? Well, I mean, that I, well, I, I guess wasn't that what they showed him doing because when they found him, he was just sitting there gnawing on <clears throat> whatever that was. Yes. Yes, that, that's that's true. Um, yeah, they saw him. Yeah, they did see him like eating this stuff, but like they're all together and like they're all wanting to eat. So I don't know, like maybe it's maybe I'm just I'm definitely overthinking this, but like the, the planet can't be trusted, essentially, because it makes you see things that aren't actually there. So like, that, I guess that's my point. Um, but then we did see some like gah um, at the bottom of like one of those um, dishes. Basically, I don't know if anyone else saw the gah or not, mm-hmm. but yeah. I did not see the gawk. Man. Did, did we break Eric, by the way, with like the, the quadrant stuff? No, I'm just, I was just wrong. I was looking it up and I was okay. like, I thought I, I thought I knew, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> um, so, so they're eating and did anyone think that a mechleth was actually shorter than what it was? Yeah. A mechleth is the, the handheld one that would look too big to be a mechleth, but you know, that, I think that's just, well, that, that was, a, that was a type liver. of sword that, uh, Worf yeah. had. Yeah. Right. But it was like, you held it with one hand, the mechleth. It wasn't a two handed object, but I, right, I mean, that- my, my thought of a mechleth is like a foot and a half. This looked bigger, but I mean, I guess I could chalk that up to artistic license or their kids, so things look bigger. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking that too. Um, like I think the the most, to me, the most prominent use of the mechleth is going to be in first contact when Worf goes out um, on the deflector dish and he and he he you know brandishes it and um, chops off a leg basically mm-hmm. of a Borg. Um, the, the most prominent two-handed weapon that um, Klingons are going to use is going to be a freaking Batleth. The Batleth, yeah. By yeah. the way, I also was mistaken on that. That wasn't Worf who had the sword. It was um, uh, Duras. He was the one who had the, the sword thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, strike that, reverse it, another person. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the I'm Mechleth sure War, was... I'm sure Worf used Mechleths before. Yeah, he did. They in first contact. Yeah. 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 And then their little handheld knife is called the Doctar. Yeah. The one that's like a switchblade. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's a knife, and then it's got the two things that open yeah. quickly on the sides. Yeah. Which I never understood the point of those, but. I didn't. I've never I'm understood ready to how, fight how when those things pop out. <laughs> that's well, that, that like how you're. Bad. How your boot turns into a freaking disruptor. That's what I want to know, man. Oh, yeah. I actually really think like that episode. That was, that was kind of cool, but like... That's like man, the d- best episode from season one, in my opinion. Like, you could literally shoot yourself in the foot. Like, if you do something wrong as a Klingon, you could literally shoot yourself in the foot. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that could go wrong if you're a Klingon. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, you know. Um... The bigger the bigger Klingon sword was the the Tickleth. <laughs> That's just a funny name. 
I'm just saying that's what that's called. Look at that. David coming in, or dropping some knowledge. Left. I don't know. Maybe maybe the eye's different. Who knows? A teak left? Who knows how to pronounce teacher. Klingon words? Jimmy doing? It's like we were we had fun over the wedge dush, right? That's <laughs> true. I still have a good laugh at that. That's fun. <laughs> just shout the, first, shout the first and syllable just, and mumble the rest of it. Wedge dush. It's like a... <laughs> It's like speaking on. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I won't. I won't mention other languages. I don't want to offend anyone right now. Um, so. All right. So so they come up with a plan, right? They do. Like the stars don't change. See that thing over there? Yeah, it looks like constipation. <laughs> God. Mm. Stop with the body humor jokes. Last week, it was a fart joke. Now it's a poop joke. Stop, Eric. Stop with the body humor. It's the lowest form of humor. Stop. It's one Eric. step above puns or below puns. Just stop it. Stop. It does, it does, it, stop. It does sort of seem like a weird, like a weird one. I mean, like she doesn't know what a constellation is. Eric, 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 l- like level with me, bro. Okay, <laughs> here we go. What would you rather have? Art joke or a sex joke? I mean, if those are my only two choices, like yeah. if I had to pick one, yeah. I'm taking a fart joke, obviously. Yeah. Well, it just seems like something like you would hear from Jank and Pog or, or like Rock Talk or something, not not Gwen. Yeah, it feels you know, very I mean. out of place. Okay. And All and right. I guess my other question is like, like it seems like. Rock Talk and Jankum have been in prison a long time. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Dahl probably hasn't been, right? Because he was, he's talking about how, like, um, people always ask me what species I am, if naming it will somehow make a difference. You know, he said that, and then he's like, I came up with, I just often came up with one because who's going to know anyway? And so it seems like he's... Even though he's still young, he's more traveled, right? And so, you know, I at first I thought, well, why? How does he know what constellations are if he's just been in prison? And then I'm starting to think, like, well, maybe he hasn't been in prison all that long, which is why he still had a sense of hope that he could escape in the in right. the beginning. Yeah, his spirit hadn't been broken potentially because he'd been able to move around more than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the others hadn't been jaded by their their imprisonment mm-hmm. no there's had been right yeah that was like i had to like like pause and think about that for a second even when i was watching it I was like but wait a second huh first episode there's no universal translator how can you talk to each other bro huh but and i was like and i was kind of like going down like that same you know rabbit trail that you were with that that same idea so um anyway cool beans good talk everyone yep Um, and so they figure out like hey if the even if the planet is changing which i think we kind of glossed over like the planet is literally changing around them like the mountains the skyline right uh the terrain is changing so they can't get a bearing on where they're going which is what makes it even harder to travel even which is what makes the ten kilometers even further. 
No, it should be further, right? Because it's a yeah. metaphorical distance, right? Yes. Yes, right? it is. So it Very should be good. Further. further. That's why I said that, which makes it even further, right? Because Welcome the planet, to English class. The planet is changing, literally changing around them. But yes. the stars in the sky don't change. So they right. can use the stars to guide them. First, which is like second star on the right and straight on till morning. There you go. Look at you go, man. <laughs> like that's like orienteering 101 right there no that was I don't, that was peter pan how you get to never yes yes i know uh, <laughs> no, very good i'm just making sure no there was um so just a quick story um there was i don't know if you remember uh the bouviers at all eric from um from high school or anything um uh, anyways um uh my buddy paul who was um, in band and and whatnot uh I went over to his house, like he'd have like get togethers at his house from time to time. We were playing capture the flag and he had like so many freaking acres off of, I think it was like cook road or something like that. Like I don't remember where he was, but like some random road with a ton of acreage. And I got like lost in the woods, like for a little while. And like the sun was coming down. I was like, Oh shoot. Oh shoot. Like I, and like, no, I couldn't hear anything anymore. I could not hear anything at all. And I just, and the thing that I remembered was, okay, the sun was in front of his house. So as long as I keep the sun over here, I'm good. So I start going that way and I follow it. Follow, I find like all these like random dead deer in the woods. It was kind of creepy actually at like, like dusk, basically like just a little bit past dusk. And I finally get on the road. And I, if I were a betting man, I would be guessing I was at least three quarters of a mile away from his house when it was all said and done. Cause I was so far back in the woods without even knowing it. So, wow. yeah, that's that's my orienteering like, story. Using the sun to guide your path. That's right, man. I thought you were going to be like, Big Dipper points to the Little Dipper. There's the star. I know how to go this way. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into some story about there, how you there's knew, Draco. You knew there's all Draco. the constellations, which yeah. don't look like anything to me. That is not a hunter in the sky or that <laughs> some kind of crab-looking thing. Like I don't, I don't see it. I know Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. I can see I the little. I can. I can see, see Polaris. Spoon. I can see the spoon, right? I can see that one. But the hunter and the crab and all the other things, mm-hmm. like no, nah, I don't see it. Mm-mm. The only crab I want to see is on my plate from Joe's Crab Shack. It's got to be some Dungeness crab, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> let's go, somebody. All right, let's keep on trucking. So we're gonna follow the stars, everyone. We're going on a little night hike. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. It's, it's super, and um, I, I, okay, we got we got to talk about this. Otherwise, Eric's gonna like disown me or something. There's a captain's log. <laughs> no, this was funny, right? Because he's like <laughs> he's not recording a captain's log. He's just literally talking out loud. He's like captain's log. We decided to follow the stars. I came up with it. It's a really great idea. <laughs> no. I, Dahl is funny. Like, I mean, he, like, even in a serious situation like this, he can find a little levity in it. And mm-hmm. I don't, I think that's a good quality in him. And I really, I'm enjoying Dahl as a character. I really am. He's, like, a much better character than anybody we see in that other animated show that just mm. ended. Mm. <laughs> mm. Hot take, hot take from Eric. Everyone, here we go. I mean, he he is. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really liking his personality. This is like five episodes, and we've got like 
good character development, which is maybe something we haven't seen in 40 or some episodes of the other show that just premiered today. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Eric, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> well, I'm trying to draw a parallel with like how well I think this <laughs> show is doing as opposed to how not well the other show is doing. Man, okay. No, this was funny, wasn't it? Right? Yeah. He's like just he's not giving a captain's log, but he's just like out loud mm-hmm. to himself. Mm-hmm. It's that's funny. And he, and then he like, you know, throws a bone to Gwen there there at the last second, which is great. I don't know. David, you got any fighting words that you need to get off your chest right now? About this captain's log? Moving on. No, it was, it, 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 it was good though. I mean, just sort of echoing Eric, the uh, the character development has been much better. But we've said that. I, I think we've all said that so far, and we're you know not crazy far into the the whole entirety of the story. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I would I would kind of also add in here, just around the same sort of time frame within the episode. So you have you have Hollow Janeway basically doing like Captain Janeway stuff and I I started to think about it because there's always this weird thing with holograms and like the dichotomy of well some of them can potentially turn sentient you know like the doctor or you know Moriarty or whatever Uh, do you think it will get to a point where like we have sort of a semi sentient Janeway hologram because she's not just like training now she's actually like making potential command decisions like oh there's vines around what would the real Janeway do I don't remember her her you know take off the glasses CSI Miami line there but it was like something about like she'd she'd clean house or scrub the decks or whatever the saying she'd was clean house right yeah but, David, David Crusoe <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, 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 you know, it does that, but, but then also is, is uh, going through, like, power consumption on the ship. Like, what to shut down? What do we do here? So she's actually making, like, some decisions there, which I, I thought, you know, is kind of in- interesting for a training hologram. But she also, in that, same, in that same setting, says, like, you know, I only have access to basic functions. I can't, I can't make command level decisions or do command level things and so there is like a restriction there to what she is able to do yeah was um i feel like i i'm i reference this um somewhat often but eric was it the episode um oh shoot what was it called it's not tinker tenor dr spy is it um that's where the emergency the, the, command hologram. That's that. Yeah, yeah is that the yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome! I did it. Yeah. Tinker, tinker Tenor, Doctor, Doctor Spy. Spy. Yeah, yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, it's um, pretty funny. Activate the emergency command hologram. Activate the <laughs> photonic <laughs> cannon. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I love having oh, like yeah. the Captain Pips just pips. <laughs> and the color of the uniform change. It's fantastic. Um, I'm wondering if they would actually like add that to like the the Janeway subroutine like give Janeway her pips back or whatever um I don't I don't know I think that'd be great 
Um, I'm holding out for the end of, you know, the season or, you know, sometime next season where the crew meet the real Janeway and she's like totally different from the, the hologram. I'm just waiting for that, by the way. Like how, um, like how when we met Louis Zimmerman and he was like a real mm. asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that. Um, Not that the doctor and, wasn't kind of an a-hole when he first came online. Well, and the same thing like with Leah Brahms. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about that, huh? Um, so this is like another nitpick, and I don't know if, if Eric was like, will be, was upset by this or not since Voyager is like his jam, basically. But did Janeway have nail polish on? Did Hologram Janeway have nail polish? That was just kind of weird to me. I had no idea. I... I wasn't paying attention she was there like the she was sitting at the at the 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 at the command chair right the captain's seat and she's like tapping her nails and they do like close-ups of like her hands on the um the terminals of the of the chair and it looked like um like a brown like a light brown kind of nail polish or something um, I mean, it wasn't pink or, or anything like that, but it di- also didn't look like just, you know, clear, normal nails either. Hmm. I'll have to. Go and, back I'm, and I'm like, Janeway wouldn't do that. Yeah. Janeway wouldn't wouldn't have nail polish. And I realize this is a training hologram, but like, if they modeled it after her, like, how, uh, no, 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 sir, no. But I got to say, I know it wasn't, it's not the real Janeway, but there is a real Kate Mulgrew that's voicing that Janeway. And I got to say, I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Whenever she started like walking, approaching the captain's seat and like sitting down, I was like, all right, Captain Janeway, let's go. No, let's Kate, do this. Kate Mulgrew is fantastic, right? Yeah. She's like dropped right back into her Catherine Janeway voice like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mean I got I got pretty excited um seeing her her do that. Um seeing Janeway sit in the captain's seat once again. Um even if it's not in Voyager. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But at least it's a seat. This is like a big gripe I have about the Voyager bridge. Like there's nothing special about the captain's chair on it's the couch. Voyager bridge. No, but what I'm saying is it's even with the first officer's chair, right? There's nothing that sets it apart from the other chair, right? And so, like, there's nothing to say, hey, she's in, like, the power position. But but here, she's like, this is the only seat in the middle. I'm right there in the power position. Is, okay, I know we're kind of going off on a, on a rabbit trail with this, but you you, kinda, you brought it up. Um, where does does Chakotay sit on the? If, if, okay, if we're looking, like from where Paris is, right? Is where where's Chakotay sitting? Is he to the left or the right so, of Janeway? So, as the camera looks at the seats, right? So, you know, if Tom Paris were to turn around and look at them, Janeway yeah. is on the left, and Chakotay is on the right. So, like, Janeway is on the side that Tuvok is on, Chakotay is on the side that Harry Kim is on. 
Okay, so Chakotay is to the left of Janeway. If if they're if the two of them are sitting and looking forward at the view screen, Janeway is on the right and Chakotay is on the left. Okay, I have a problem with that. I do have a problem with that. Um, mainly because, and like no offense to the left-handed people out there or anything like that, but symbolically, the right is meant to be your um, your the, the side of strength, essentially, which is why most of the time you would have, like at least in a lot of stories, like especially like with a lot of Star Trek. And David, you can go into like the naval stuff. Um, like with Master and Commander if you want to for a second. Um, but it's my understanding that sitting at the, um, the right hand of someone is meant to be um, like your power, your strength type of thing. So like the captain should be able to rely on their number one. They should be able to rely on their their um, executive officer in terms of being that strength. So like that's why I have an issue. I'm making a mountain out of Moho. I'm sorry, guys. I know we're we're kind of way off talking about this, but... Chakotay should be on the right of Janeway, not on the left. That's all I'm going to say. So, like, anyway. But, yeah, like, we're, we're way off. We're way off. Let's talk about General He's Grievous, He's just everyone. mad because Riker was on the right, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so General Grievous shows up again, right? Good old Dreadnought. Welcome right. back, Is Dreadnought. We missed you, bud. I didn't even know what his name was. Yeah, just, yeah Dreadnought. General Grievous guy, right? He shows up, and first Jankum Pob's like, Jankum Pob, Jankum Pog. Pog. Is, like, is what, like, the 90s slam game? Yeah, 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 it's like, who dreamt this guy up? Hi, this little thing, little apparition here. And it shoots the little mechleth out of his hand. Not fake, real, definitely real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Gwen does like the whole, um, um, I just automatically thought anime, by the way, like, no, it's okay. Outstretched hands. I'm going to protect them. Attack me. Take them. Leave them alone. Take me. Leave them alone. Type of thing. Please tell me I wasn't the only one that was thinking that. Like Digimon came to my mind, like with like the Digidestined and like trying to not an anime person so i don't yeah, i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's great this is great, this is great. i mean I, I spent an entire episode of one of my podcasts complaining about the star wars anime stuff so mm. Mm. not an anime guy no anyway so there's a big fight <laughs> right and gwen gets separated from the rest of the group she gets her freaking brace lobbed off. She's got a fracture, guys. She's got a fracture. She's using her golden mind power goop to brace her leg to walk 10 kilometers to get it blasted off by Dreadnought so everyone can run while she is crawling. I don't know about you, but like it hurts to run six miles let alone walk six miles with a fractured leg. Hey, I think this is where you have to go animated kid show. I know. <laughs> David it's keeps the, telling me that. Like, yeah. The <laughs> world's most perfect splint. <laughs> it's perfecter than perfect. That's yeah. how perfect mm-hmm. it is. 
Okay. Let's split up, because that's the greatest plan in the world. <laughs> you can't catch us if you can't find us. <laughs> hey, splitting up always works in horror movies. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like, we just... We <laughs> Quick, go upstairs. Terror firma, right? <laughs> yeah. We Run for we, the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hide behind the chainsaws in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were watching, uh, what was it? We were watching uh, Scream uh, right around Halloween. Uh, my wife saw it for the first time. And I'm, 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 I'm what? getting. For the first time. How yeah. is that possible? She doesn't like scary movies. It's not that scary. I, I know. It's not. It's not scary. Like it's actually pretty funny when you think it's about it. Pretty funny. Yeah, and but then like I'm thinking of not just scream, but I'm thinking of scary movie. Let's split up. <laughs> well, I mean, have you ever that's seen? Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? No. Oh well, at one point, like they're like, "Whatever what happens, we all have to stick together." And so okay. like, oh, and then like the people, uh, the people running the the little setup are like. Oh, there's always one guy like this who wants to keep them together. What can we do to split them up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> all right, well. So all that stuff happens. There's a chase. Um, and the diviner shows up and Gwen starts crawling towards her daddy. Using the J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, style transporter. Yes. Look at you go, man. Well yeah, done. I thought that was interesting. So we're in a different universe, or different multiverse, or Spider-Verse, or whatever. So, um... I don't, we're the wrong I don't timeline, Chase. Yes. That's why everything's here. Yeah. That's right. So, um, fun story. On Twitter, um, I, I made a comment about... Um, or I, I made a post... Um, about like the uniforms and, and stuff like that. And one of the people that actually works on Prodigy was interacting with one of my tweets. And because um, I was like talking about like timelines and stuff. And then like someone else like jumped on and, and asked like, so is this Kelvin or is this Prime? Because like everyone's le- like thinking this is like, you know, not Prime Universe. This is actually taking place in the Kelvin. And he's like, no, no, no. This is the Prime, actual Prime Universe. And I'm like, okay. Cool. Sweet. Well, I Sounds mean, we like ha- somebody we- didn't want to break their NDA. We yeah. have to assume that it is the Prime <laughs> Universe because I would assume in the Kelvin Universe, Voyager doesn't play out the same because there's no planet Vulcan, right? I mean, In the Kelvin yeah. timeline. Right. So I would assume things play out very differently over there. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, let's let's talk about this Gwen thing for for just a second. So, she sees her she sees her papa, Papa Diviner. You know, beam down in like a little red swirly JJ uh, teleport transport my bobber. And there's the protostar. She has found her way to the protostar, and her daddy's right there. And her daddy, with all the love and the warmth and a father's heart, is, is he's the diviner just takes on the role of Denethor 
and the protostar <laughs> takes on the role of Boromir and Gwyn has become Faramir. All I needed was a nice tomato to complete the ensemble. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the tomato to pop. I really was. I guess I don't understand the reference. There's a in in uh, Return of the King, um, whenever he's eating and uh, oh, Pippin is singing. Okay, in during. The it's the most the disgusting the tomato bite in the in the sure. universe. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like nails on a chalkboard, cringeworthy. Yeah. 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 I got you. So, I'm right there. I, so I see you're, you're, you're picking up what we're laying down. I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. Well, well, good, good, good. So, yeah. He, Denethor, I mean, the Diviner, confesses his love for the Protostar when his daughter is dying. Just like Denethor would rather have Faramir die and Boromir live, he chose the Protostar over his own, quote unquote, question mark, flesh and blood. His progeny. And jokes on him. Not the protostar. Not the protostar. Not the protostar, baby. Not gonna happen. But but while while we see this happening, there's it's like a montage between, you know, the diviner running to the protostar and hologram Janeway going to the back to open up the the, the back doors. Ramp. Yeah. And and we're led it's a it's a fake out right we're led to believe that you know she's opening the door and it's the diviner that's going to walk in and take the ship right and then they pull the old switcheroo on us i love a good switcheroo right and and they say nope janeway's opening the door for our kids and the diviner he's just got more vines Mm-hmm. and he's just stuck there yep. and somehow I have questions about this, but I don't know if I really want to nitpick it. Like, there's energy issues. Like, there's energy management issues. And we powered up, essentially, without issue. We we fly over, and we do, like, a little uh, emergency rescue thingamabobber and with the help of Gwyn's um, magic armband to repel whatever to the protostar and then we go into outer space land and by the way the diviner somehow makes it back onto his ship for stuff to happen and they just go to they go to they go to warp without any issue like we we had just had look okay i know like for the 14,000th time in this episode i know this is a kid show but if you put in this episode that there's major power drains, that there's energy consumption issues, and then we get up, we one, we get out of the atmosphere, like we, we get off the surface, we get into space, and then we lay in a random course to somewhere, which I think is kind of cavalier, but it's whatever, and then we just go to warp, how? How? How, are, how is there no, like, engine repair, like, charging, you know something to be able to restore energy. I mean, like everything's been shut down to a certain extent. There's been major drains because of this random energy source that we know nothing about. I don't know. Uh, did, did y'all like, were yeah, y'all they, thinking that at all? A, this was a little hand wavy here. Wave yeah. the hand. Let's just get, get off the planet. And I, I thought the same thing, but I just, 
chalked it up to. They, they need to get off the planet. They can't. They're being chased. They can't spend two more episodes, like, fixing the ship before they get off of it because that would just be boring. Well, this this next part that's about to happen, um, I think there's, like, something that I'm hoping will happen, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I don't know. W- were you kind of thinking the same thing, um, David, like hand wavy, or were you being kind of nitpicky like I was? Uh, I, I didn't really think about it too much, honestly. Fair enough. Fair enough. But sure. I, I, I can see where the concern lies, but yeah, I, I just didn't really, I didn't really have much for that. Okay. Diviner and, um, and freaking Dreadnought show up in their Borg, um, their uh, uh, pyramid thing. Um, and there's this like super epic esque conversation of do the right thing, give me the ship. And then we some we magically find out what this third energy source is that w- had a big old question mark. Yeah, cause it's we- not. We had seen, like, oh, the ship has two warp cores, right? What's this other thing? And Zero was led to, like, the hallucinations on the planet were, like, the mysterious energy source that he he was, you know, curious about. And we've seen in the opening, the opening credits, like, the nacelles drop and some extra engine thing comes out the back, mm-hmm. right? So we were like, well, what's going on? What is this? I think we had like theorized that perhaps it's like slipstream something or another, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's like maybe it's a step above slipstream or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Zero has this epiphany. The protostar is not just the name of the ship, but we actually have a protostar. How? But, But even before we get to how, like... Like, when they say there's a protostar in here, like, Rock Talk and Jank and Pog immediately know what a protostar is. And this is where I was oh. saying earlier, it's like, if they've been living in prison all their life, how do they know things like that? Are they, I mean, I can understand how Dahl might, because like I said, he's probably lived out and been more traveled. But like, if you're just a teenager, right, living in a prison, how do you know things like this? Maybe there's a library. They don't even let them use translators. How is there a library? Look, man, Andy Dufresne, Dufresne set up a, a freaking tax thing in Shawshank Redemption out of the library, okay? He got books donated. You never know what could happen on an asteroid penal colony. But he could communicate. <laughs> How many movie references are we going to have in this episode? That's what I want to know. Oh, okay. Can I get a rock hammer? But like, but like, also, I, I don't, I don't think, that, I think, I don't think this is too out of line with established Star Trek canon of having like a little tiny star that's still gathering mass from surrounding dust clouds inside your ship engine because. Romulan cloaking devices have a little micro black hole in them. So I don't I don't think this is too too like head scratching. Like 
wait, can they do this? Because I think Star Trek has already established that things like this can happen. Whereas, like, the magical mushroom transporter device thing <laughs> is, like, a head-scratcher that really breaks with established canon. Or red matter, perhaps, from or, the Kelvinverse. Or red matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they just go off into somewhere random. Yeah, they basically. just like they just like hit the NOS. Hit the NOS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I live my life a quarter light year at a time. You don't need warp speed when you got family. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Who needs a protostar when you have family. They activated the protostar. Can we track them? They're gone. <laughs> so no, we can't track we them can't is what you're saying. No. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I just want to know like if if they're using a star as a battery, like as like a NOS button. Like is everyone hey, going to be hey, a salamander a, in the next episode? A star is a giant fusion reactor. That's all it is. So, I mean, that's a big power source. But are they all going to be salamanders in the next episode? That's what I want to know. I mean, they're not theoretically they're not passing the warp 10 barrier, are they? You tell me. <laughs> I mean, they could be to Earth like that or wherever it is they want to go like that. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, wouldn't that kind of explain why this is such a big deal to find the ship, though? Right. And how it could have gotten to the Delta Quadrant so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you it's know. only capped off at warp 10, then who? Who? Only what, warp what, ten. What, oh no, the protostar got to get that thing. What, Can't um, make my pyramid possibly do warp ten. <laughs> Did we ever hear what what it capped out at? What the protostar capped out at? Was it like no? no. It wasn't like so. warp nine point nine eight, was well, it? But I know like Voyager could go like warp nine point nine two, but they could only do it for like a minute, <laughs> and they're like the ship's falling apart, shut down the engines. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Eric, you might be the person to uh, ask this. When we had um, uh, Picard jumping into the jumping timelines, and he jumps into the future, didn't they talk about going to like warp 14 or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was before they established like warp 10. And even going back to like when they first introduced the Excelsior in Star Trek 5? the movie, right, when they first introduced the Excelsior, they were like, oh, she's got transwarp, as if it's just, like, a thing that they could invent. And Scotty's like, I know, no lessie. <laughs> they can't have transwarp. <laughs> and then, like, the captain on it, when they're going to, is going to chase him, he's just like, bring, uh, bring the transwarp drive online, as if it's just a thing they could do. So, you right. know, Star Trek has is, is changed and adapted, or adopted 
over the years, right? Something different than what they they had in the past. That's fine. It's I'm adopted. Okay. It's adopted. <laughs> it's adopted. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with well, that. Well, so so like slipstream, slipstream. Like how fast is slipstream? Well, it's not warp drive. No. It's something different. Like, you're not using a subspace bubble around the ship. You're creating some other kind of bubble. So, you know, the mechanics are different. It's um, it's not folding space, I don't think, with slipstream, right? I, I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, looks like we got to go watch Endgame or something like that again. All right. No. No, Eric? No? No, okay. no. No, I think we've talked this episode okay. to death here. Yeah, we probably have. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into the Delta then with uh, with this with this particular episode. So, if this is your first time listening, Delta rating, we are looking at how well the different divisions of um, Starfleet are being represented in this particular episode. So, command, of course, we're looking at leadership, leadership theory, things of that nature, science, obviously science, and um, then engineering. So, um, with that. Um, let's hear it. What do we got, guys? Who wants to Who wants to start? Uh, so I know I know we've we've kind of been harping on this that like maybe it's unfair to try and give deltas in this show yet because we're not at that point. And so there's there's no science or technology or operations or engineering going on here, right? We're not. We're not at we're we're stuck on a planet trying to get off of it, and we're just, you know, walking through the woods essentially to get off, right? We don't have to science our way off the planet, and um, I really want to see us on the ship more back, like episode three, right? I I wanted to call it episode two, but episode three, right? Okay. The star the starstruck where we're on the ship, and there's a science thing problem we have to solve. Right. I want to see more episodes like that where we're like on the ship learning how to use it. And I hope that's where we're going. I understand we have to go do an away mission down to a planet and I'm okay with them dragging it out to a second episode. But I just don't think it's fair to try and rate them on like science and engineering yet because I'm not sure we're at that point. I think okay. for leadership, I think we can definitely do that. I, I really... Um, First of all, I love how Janeway is like, she's the training hologram, but she's like, what would the real Janeway do in this moment? <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I mean, who knows like what the, what the Janeway hologram is going to do, but I feel like she was like being assertive and like mm -hmm. really like telling all of them what, this is what you need to do. And being that, that captain and then that leadership. And I think that's in her programming and she'll hopefully evolve. But yeah. I, I still think Dahl, I, I do think Dahl is becoming a good leader here. Like, yeah. I really do. Um, you know, he was keeping morale up, which is always important. And he didn't he didn't leave anybody behind, even though at the very beginning of the episode, he was like, leave that witch behind. <laughs> right. But then right. at the end of the episode, he's like, no, like, we got to go back for her and I'm going to we're going to risk it to get her off of there and I, I don't know I really think that he's he's becoming a, a, a decent leader in his own right more much more so than 
the person who sits in the captain's chair on the other show that just premiered today. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Or on the same day as this episode came out. Mm. <laughs> Which, by the way, is kind of weird because whenever I looked on Paramount Plus, um, like at the show card or whatever for this episode, it has November 17th on mine hmm. for, for when it premiered for, you know, Prodigy. And like, that was, that's a Wednesday. Like, Star Trek stuff comes out on Thursdays. Today, you know, like, th- this new episode today is, like, the 18th. Anyway, so I guess what I'll say is... Uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to give an incomplete to mm. science and operations and engineering. And I'm going to give... Uh, I'm going to give I'm gonna give the leadership delta. I'm going to give the full one. Okay, okay. Yeah, you I mean, we're, we're we're still in the in the range of of kindergarten grading, you know, S pluses and O's, like I mentioned last week. You know, we we just we got to be able. It's not we're, we're just not on the A to F scale yet. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I I do kind of hope that we get a little bit more into the technical side of the of this drive, and I think that, that might be fun and sciency. Like, hey, let's figure that out. Hey, hey, Jankum, you're like some shipbuilding guy, right? You you do this, do figure it out. Uh, you know, zero. Like you're a inquisitive little ball of fire, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you do it? You know, figure it out. It'll be fun. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of incomplete. We're not really sciencing our way out of anything at this point, which which is okay. You know, it, it's training mission. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think along with, along with doll that there's also like Gwen stepping up as well and showing natural leadership tendencies and, and, uh, and an ability to critically think through situations. Whereas like, you know, zero and doll were, were essentially trying to shoot their little imaginary robot guy. Uh, she yeah. instead, you know, set the vines on fire and I mean the forest too, but you know, I mean, it, only, only you can you prevent can start yeah, forest fires. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can prevent or start or, you know, preferably don't do that in states like California or something where it's incredibly no. dry. Uh, but anyway, she, she does seem to have the ability to kind of think through some of those things and come to natural conclusions. But, I mean, Dahl is clearly the, 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 the sort of naturally selected leader of the group. You know, all the rest of the crew kind of look to him, uh, despite the fact that Gwen usually winds up sitting in the captain's chair. Uh, so I, I, I will say this. I hope they don't do some like power dynamic thing down the line. Cause that's always like a pretty common trope where they have to fight it out or something, mm-hmm. you know, and then kiss and make up later. It's like, no, nah, just, just let it be, let it be its own deal. So yeah, I mean, you, I would say the, the leadership Delta is there. It, it's definitely like more of a work in progress. So it's like, it's like a leadership Delta, but it's like, it's like an O, you know, it's a, it's an O rating. We're just not quite on the A rating yet, you know, so you'll get there, guys. You know, you just got to pass a few grades and, you know, take your algebra and Spanish, too, and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I, I guess, like, these would be, like, your academy marks, you know, since we're, like, yeah. we're cadets, right? <laughs> like, these, these are your academy grades. Like, if this were, like, real... Like you were actually commissioned officers, then you're getting your A's, your your B's, your C's, your D's. Gonna need right. some remedial quantum mechanics. That's right. 
So, with for me, like when it comes to this this uh, this Delta thing, um, I did have have a little bit of um, like just a, a passing chuckle whenever um, like they're they're having like this realization on the bridge and everything, and um, Janeway once again's like, I, I hate to to interrupt this science lesson, but <laughs> we really need to go type of thing. Um, I, I like that. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, all around, like yes, I do see the the leadership type stuff. Like the development continue to happen. In fact, character development all around. I'd say um, with, with most of the char- most if not all the characters um, so far. The as much as it pains me, like I'm not I'm not seeing science as much this time. And no, nothing with engineering. Nothing. Um, the one thing I, I think uh, I'm just going to mention it here instead of like in my numerical rating. The thing that I'm I have a little bit of an issue with when it comes to the leadership right now is we had Gwen like reprogram the ship with her being able to have like command codes. So who is the captain? Right, like of the pro, like who has command authorization of the of the protostar? That's what I want to know, because it just seems like the rebooted Janeway thing was like never a thing. Um, now that we're in part two of this of this episode, I don't know if anyone else picked up on that or thought about that at all. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but I mean, that is a that is a that is an issue now that you mention it. But I didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so yeah, I think like for me, like the, the leadership is there. So I think we can, we can definitely have like that, um, that for, for this particular episode, at least from my, from my perspective, I think for all of us essentially are, are saying that leadership is definitely on full display. Um, let's move into our number rating our numerical rating. So one to 10, one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. Uh, let's go in reverse order. Um, on this, we'll let's start with uh, David. Do you happen to have last week's ratings by any chance? Yeah, I was going to ask for that too. I do. Yeah, you want them? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, so um, David, you gave um, last week's episode an eight one, eight point one, and Eric gave his um, as an eight. Okay. And I was an eight as well, by the way. Gotcha. I mean, I, I still I still enjoyed the episode overall. Um, I didn't quite have the same feeling as I did for the last one, last week's episode, for whatever reason. And also, I felt like it really ended rather abruptly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It is only 20 minutes. And it really felt like that uh, this week, for whatever reason. Um, but I am glad that we didn't drag out this planet thing because I think that was something that I remembered we were talking about speculating as like ah, I think they'll wrap up this whole planet thing next next week which was kind of my hope because uh, like to Eric's point earlier I want to see them in the ship too <laughs> I want to see them doing ship stuff um, but yeah I mean it was it was decent it was it was kind of a wrap up uh, wrap up to a little mini story without a without a big crescendo so to speak so uh it was still great i still really am am enjoying the show but 
I think if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably say, you know, not not to go too crazy or anything, but like, like a 7.8, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, How about like, you, Eric? Th this episode was a little bit of a letdown for me. Um, it was it was pretty it was pretty quick. I'll admit it was very quick, and there wasn't a big moment at the. I, I guess the actual deployment of the Protostar engine was supposed to be the big moment, but it didn't feel like as big of a moment as it could have or probably should have been. And it was it was just it was kind of a bland episode, right? We're on the planet, and we just have to get off, right? Mm -hmm. It was like we're just gonna get off. There was no real. It didn't really seem like that much of a struggle in the end. I think to get off, right. um, they just did, and the ship just took off, right? Last week it was like the ship crashed. It's broken. What did you do? But the ship wasn't broken. It was just like, oh, mm -hmm. it's safe. We're just gonna get in it and take off. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. This this was probably my least favorite episode of the show so far. Um, but that being said, I still liked it better than a lot of the other things that we've mm -hmm. <laughs> been talking about. So I don't know. I think I'm just I I I don't I don't know what my lowest rating has been. If you have it up, but I think this is probably probably gonna be the lowest i think like I, I, like a seven okay which your lowest rating was a seven and that okay. was episode well one and two actually okay all right yeah the season the season the series premiere you gave it a, a, a seven okay. so well all right i th this doesn't deserve anything lower than a seven in okay. my opinion sure um i might get catch some flack uh, from the guys on this, but the look, I've taken science class. I've taken an astronomy class. Um, I've watched Star Trek for a little while. I know stars, um, are their own, like they have their own fusion type of thing. Like they, they can do a lot of crazy things like as a power source type of thing. It really rubbed me the wrong way with the, the re reveal of the protostar like warp thing engine thing um this is going to probably come off as like maybe a little harsh but it just felt like jump the shark kind of thing to me and i just i didn't like it um that being said i'm going to keep an open mind about what they do with it like you know, like explaining it potentially in, in show. Um, but for right now, it just, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Do, do I think it looks cool? Yeah, I think it looks cool. Do I think the animation for it's pretty dope? I do. Um, but that's just, that's just where I'm at with like the proto star. Okay, so um, it didn't, let me, before you give your rating, I just want to ask you this question. Yeah. What rubbed you more the wrong way or irked you a little more? The reveal of what the Protostar engine was, or the reveal of what Discovery's new way of travel was. Which was the oh, so more worrisome thing to you? Like the magical mushroom drive. Uh-huh. Right? Or, hey, we captured a tiny little star that's still accumulating dust and molecules from its surrounding area. 
I don't know. I mean, I got problems with both of them, Eric. Yeah, the magical mushroom drive really still to this day, like, irks me. It's. I think it's, their theme song should be Magic Carpet Ride for that show. Just every time they, you know, black alert, I like to dream, you know, just. <laughs> ride, ride between the sound machines. I got, I got problems with both of them. I think I... I probably I have more of a of a problem with the spore drive just because we had a freaking story dedicated to why we shouldn't use it, and, and yet now, we continue to. Now we're just using it willy nilly. Yeah, like it's no big deal. Oh yeah, we're nine hundred years in the future. They probably forgot all about that <laughs> type of thing. You kidding me? No, I. I don't know. Like just. I'm just thinking of like someone's going out there with a fishing net, catching a, a tiny little star, and we're throwing it in a little little fish tank. Like that, just like I don't know why. Like that just seems so out there to me. And I realize this is like we're we're watching a sci-fi show for crying out loud. But I don't know. I don't know why it 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 just. I mean, it just it is what it is. And I'm I'm gonna keep look. I will keep an open mind with how things develop. But like that's just currently where I'm at with it. So, um, but to answer your question, Eric, I have an issue with both of them. Okay. So, um, the, I'm with you guys. I did feel like this was kind of a rush job, uh, in, in a way like the, the, it was a very fast episode. Like I remember I, I like looked down for like a moment and I looked back up and I'm like, it's already over. Like the first time I watched, I was like, it's already over. Like, what I miss? And then, I, like, I watched it again, like, with my family, and I'm like, it's already over again. Like, what? <laughs> and it just, it just, it just felt so fast. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's 23 minutes and some change for crying out loud. And it, it did not feel like 23 minutes and some change. It felt like it was a 10 minute episode. So either I really enjoyed it and I'm not giving it enough credit, or it was just a really fast episode. It was like a Mandalorian episode that just like, wait, that was over? <laughs> <laughs> Type of thing. Well, so, I mean, it, was, it, it would have been a typical episode of any Star Trek show that was 40 minutes. Mm. <laughs> they just chopped it. They just chopped a random adventure that would have been one episode anywhere else. So mm-hmm. chopped it in two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, like, it, it's a decent episode. Not my favorite. I think this, like, I'm not going to give it an eight. Um, and I'm probably going to shock a lot of people with this, but I'm actually in agreement with Eric. I was coming into this thinking that this was a, a seven, a seven out of 10 for me. Um, so yeah, I'm actually agreeing with Eric on a rating for once, which is kind of crazy. Um, now I did, I did say this in the, during the last episode that I was going to give y'all an opportunity to potentially rate the whole story or to even modify your ratings from the last episode. So, do y'all want to? Do y'all want you know call Mulligan on on part one, or do you want to rate the whole thing, or or what do y'all want to do? You just want to so leave what, it alone. I did, I did eight and seven. Yeah, you did eight and seven. I think that's fair, right? Okay. Seven and a half for the arc. That's mm-hmm. fair. And David, you did eight point one and seven point eight. You guys made me feel bad about that seven point eight, guys. <laughs> I feel like it really, uh, uh, Do you feel humiliated yet? 
jumping the shark over here and you know, just all that <laughs> sort of stuff. I feel like, no, I'm fine. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Well, um, I guess we will hear a few comments from the cadet here in just a moment. So um, let's go ahead and take a listen with that. So per the huge, you guys know how this works. We have us a freaking Twitter poll. So here we go with a Twitter poll. Um, this is not directly related to um, Star Trek Prodigy, but nonetheless, it's a, a poll. Uh, and here, here's what it was. Which Star Trek captain of the Enterprise gave the best motivational speeches? Options were, of course, Archer, Pike, Kirk and Picard. So, which one? Which one would y'all have um, voted for? Well, Archer, I mean, Pike, Kirk, or Picard? I mean, will we don't really have enough of Pike. I feel like he's got to be last. We have the one speech, like you know, it's like um, in Discovery season two. He's not even on the bridge of the Enterprise, where he's like. Starfleet is a vision. I give up my life for you. You give up your life for me. We didn't come this far to turn back now. Or that, you know, that speech. I don't mm-hmm. even know if those are the same. The lines are from the same speech. But we, those are the things that he said. So I feel like he's got to be last because we don't have enough of him. Right? Well, th- those those beeps from the original series were pretty impactful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. And <laughs> wow. I, I don't, I did, like, wow, David. Like I don't know. Like it's gotta be Picard. I mean, he's a he's a like the dude is a Shakespearean actor who like knows how to give a monologue in front of a crowd. Like it's <laughs> like it's got it's gotta be it's gotta be Picard. <laughs> All right. So Eric votes for Picard. What do you what do you got, man? What do you think, David? Well, I mean, I, I agree with Pike. We, we haven't really seen enough of Pike to really make a determination. Um, and I mean, Kirk Kirk was always just a little campy and, and more humorous, where the end of an episode was... <laughs> a lot like this episode, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Kirk. He's great and all. Um, but... I don't know. I, I I do have a bit of a soft spot for Archer just because you're talking about really the beginning of their, you know, actual Starfleet journey. The the whole journey began there, and there were a lot of um, you know times where they were having trouble out there, and he he always pulled them through. But I mean, it's still obviously Picard. I mean, he's he's still just really the the, the quintessential captain. I don't think many people would many people would divert from that. Sure. Okay. So I'm I'm currently rewatching um, Enterprise right now. I'm in uh, season two of of Enterprise, 
and um, I got to there. There are like maybe like two or three of those like insufferable kind of episodes for me. I just watched one of them, um, and yet somehow it made me really like Archer that much more, even with it being an insufferable episode. Um, so I'm starting to like kind of teeter between who do I like more, like Archer or Picard, to be completely honest with y'all, um, as as captain. Um, if I would have voted, I, I recuse myself from these polls, by the way. Um, if I would have voted, I probably would have voted for Archer, to be honest with you. Um, looking at the results, though, here's what we got. Um, in last place, we have Kirk and Pike, both at 6.7% of the vote. Um, in in second place, Archer with 26.7% of the vote, which leaves Picard with the lion's share of 60% of the vote. Well done, Picard. Well done. I mean, listen, if I'm going to choose a captain to give a speech, though, I'm going to give the guy who talks like this. <laughs> Bernie Sanders? <laughs> I'm, like I love I know. some Cisco speeches, right? The cadence, <laughs> the cadence in which he delivers his speeches. Yeah. Like I, ah! ima- I imagine that he's like spitting on people, like as he's doing it too. Like probably, <laughs> probably. Oh lordy! Well, that's it. Well, we'll have um, we'll have another poll next time, y'all. It's gonna be great. Um, coming up. Um, here in the very near future will be um, a Discovery uh, Season 4 um, recap. We'll be starting those here pretty soon and that's going to be fantastic. So um, you know, you just keep your keep your ears peeled for that. Um, also, David and I will be doing a book review. Um, they'll be coming out here pretty soon too, so um, be ready as we talk about um, Ashes of Tomorrow which is the second book in the Star Trek CODA series. Um, that'll be coming out here pretty soon too. So, uh, Like I said, be on the lookout for those episodes and, and those recaps. Turn your notif- like in all seriousness, like, like turn your notifications on, like ring the bell, like on Spotify or, you know, um, um, Apple Podcasts, whatever whatever you use, um, so that you know when a new episode drops. That being said, thank you guys for joining me, um, David, Eric. Thank you so much for joining me and having this conversation. As always, it's always a pleasure to have my friends here to talk Trek, and to have each and every one of you um, as listeners listening um, to this wherever you're from, whether you're here in North America, you're over in Europe. Um, or other parts of the world, we're so thankful to have you. If you do want to interact with us, check us out, trtvpod.com, for ways to learn more about the show, ways to support the show, and to connect with us, such as the Handling Frequencies um, tab, where you can leave a comment, um, call us, stuff like that. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you do want to email us directly, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before um, stuff happens, so make it so. Um, other than that, if you do want to mail us something like Gach or a Klingon MRE, that's cool. Make sure that it's like, you know, insulated or something. I don't know how that works with Klingon stuff. Um, PO Box 2455, that's the Lone Star Station, by the way. PO Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you once again for tuning in. And as we leave here today, may you always remember to boldly go and make it so. Good.